Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the second petition of the Lord's Prayer, looking at an Old Testament passage that applies to our discussion. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Rickey. Yes, we are recording. This is, I know you guys probably don't care about this, but it's our third session, third recording session today. Yeah, that we're recording. In, in, in looking into the future, it is now the middle of May. Ooh, nice! I so. like that. <laughs> I'm kind of finding that all yeah. of, we're kind of all three more relaxed today. I don't know. We're not. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not that we're like we were, we're like, we were giddy and unruly the last time we did yeah. it, but we are. We're all kind of just in this real somber mood. It's not that we're depressed or yeah. sad or anything, right. but yeah, we're just kind of like in that mellow mood. And I, I think well, you you've you've been coming off of a uh, sabbatical, right? Yeah, yeah, it was really too short. <laughs> Felt that way. So, um, in my, but this is a this is a topic that I struggle with, and I, I'm trying to hold my tongue to just things that are really pertinent to the mm-hmm. to the podcast because I do think that there is an intrinsic consumeristic individualistic thing that has just really entrenched itself into um, the American church and. And what I love about what you guys have been sharing, it kicks against that because the kingdom Mm -hmm. is this wonderful um, group of people from different heritage that are knit together Mm -hmm. in Christ Jesus as new creations in Christ Jesus. And and there's this wonderful picture of the the local congregation becoming knit together as a family, Mm -hmm. proclaiming the gospel through the word and sacraments and allowing this organic process to take place within our hearts and our minds to continue to do that with our lives, with and without words, Mm -hmm. so that God, you know, is can use us or we can be a part of God's kingdom, you know, and it's not that we we have to stress the go part of the Great Commission. It's to make disciples and just resting and trusting in Christ, making ourselves available, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. And it's been really refreshing to hear that because mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people bring to me, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but in my congregation, I get programs brought to me oh, weekly. Yeah, right. Oh, we should do this. We should do this. Yeah. What about church growth? This, this, this. And I'm going, ah, I just want to scream. And I'm just Grumpy like, cat, can no. God be yeah. God and just <laughs> and, and let him exactly. have his way? And, um, you know, I even said this, and, and this isn't about me because it's about the gospel, but it kind of proves my point. So I'm in my third parish, and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a pastor from a young man. I changed careers halfway. Most people know that I was in the audio industry and kind of still dabble in it sometimes. But it, every church I've gone to, I have been faithfully preaching the gospel, and every church has grown because I've faithfully preached the gospel. And and, and it come, becomes this, this thing. It's like, how did you do that? How did you do this? I just preached the gospel. I didn't mm-hmm. really do anything at all. Mm-hmm. And the, the church grows. And I'm even experiencing that here at Hope Lutheran Church. And again, it's not about church growth. It's about God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. But if God chooses to call people to us, well, I'm certainly not going to stop it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But all we're doing, honestly, is just faithfully preaching law and gospel. That's mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Because the kingdom of God comes without our prayers, yeah. But we pray it would come among no, us. No, and I'm trying to get my congregation to understand that God it's, doesn't need us. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Our congregation is almost the exact opposite position, where I don't have anybody bringing me any programs like that whatsoever. <laughs> Want to trade? Just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. And, well, most frequently, what I hear is one of the deciding factors for people joining faith is our lack of busyness. 
Oh, because we don't have yeah. extra programs that people feel obligated to. Yeah. It's just like it was so relaxing that all you have are Sunday morning and Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. You know, and and even then, you know, we get half participation Wednesday night what we get on Sunday morning. But I don't feel obligated to go to the Tuesday night and the the Friday, you know games night and the Saturday morning breakfast and all of these things, which again, on their own can all be good things. Mm-hmm. But one of the things, you know, with this thread we've been talking about in the last couple episodes is the church's busyness and trying to manifest the kingdom of God artificially is that we're preventing people from living out their own vac- vocations. Mm-hmm. We're, we're preventing them from being fathers and mothers and children and good neighbors because they're always at church and they always feel obligated to support those ministries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's good. Good comments there. Um, well, let's let's get into the the Old Testament text that we're going to be looking at in this episode, and we're going to be in Jeremiah 31. So, listener, if you grab your Bible and open to Jeremiah 31, I'm going to read for us verses 31 through 34 and read in Jesus' name. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Amen. 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 Yes. So, this is the Old Testament uh, lesson that we're looking at to uh, further flesh flesh out the the second petition of the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come. Jason, why why this text in the Old Testament out of all the other texts? So for because <laughs> <laughs> well, we got hold pick on a second. One. <laughs> let me uh, let me rephrase that. Uh, why this one? That was such a deep theological answer, Jason. <laughs> Christian freedom is why we picked this one. Okay. Uh, uh, why did you use the pop method? You were doing that. Did you either? do the the flip open the Bible method? Yeah, and, random yeah, Bible right. verse generator dot com or something like that. <laughs> No, so when we think about the kingdom of God, Mm -hmm. we we would remember that an oversimplification of what's going on here is we're talking about the preaching of the gospel Mm -hmm. and the application of the gospel. And and this is a good place. And and really, you know, we can start at the end and work our way backwards because the heart of the matter here is the kingdom of God comes and you have Mm -hmm. this explanatory for Mm -hmm. in the last phrase, the last sentence of at least the ESV says for I will forgive their iniquity mm-hmm. and I will remember their sin no more. And so what you have is a, almost a a churchly or a congregational utopia that's being described here. You mm-hmm. know that I will they will know the Lord. There won't we won't need mm-hmm. evangelism anymore. These are saying the law of the Lord is written on their hearts and the catalyst for this, the reason for it is the gospel, is salvation that mm-hmm. our sins are forgiven and they're eliminated, they're taken away from the picture. Mm-hmm. And so that's our starting point. When we talk about the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. primarily what we need to be focusing on, where we need to be putting our attention is the preaching and the application of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, 
And that's that's good. That's a good reminder because we, like we've been emphasizing the last couple episodes, it, it tends to be on the law or it tends to be on yep. uh, guilt tripping or um, twisting people's arms to move forward. And again, we don't want to erase that tension. There right. is, in fact, a law element right. to this sort of thing. We are commanded to preach the word. Mm-hmm. We are yeah. commanded to, yep. you know, go to all the nations, these Make sorts disciples. of things. Yep. But it's... It's in the environment, again, mm-hmm. if we go back to the Great Commission episode, it's in the environment of Jesus' authority and his presence with the church to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, if we step away from Jeremiah 31 just a little bit mm-hmm. and kind of do this top-down perspective, what we're looking at here is, in our estimation, in our interpretation, this is a picture of the congregation. Mm-hmm. What is being described here is exactly what is supposed to be, and by the Spirit of God, by the power of God, what does happen in a local congregation. Mm-hmm. The gospel is preached. People are united. Uh, you Piety is generated. Uh, that's a product of salvation, too. Mm-hmm. That, you know, sanctification flows from our justification. Yep. And, and so, you know, we want to know... we want to have an informed prayer of thy kingdom come. We need to know what God's kingdom looks like. Well, it looks like the gospel. Mm -hmm. Good. And this first, you know, in verse 31, it reminds us that, you know, God's plan of salvation was promised to and through the nation of Israel, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it isn't for the whole world because Mm -hmm. it is for the whole world, Right. but that that's the the launching point uh, for the saving gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. And I was going to mention that too, you know, I don't know if you necessarily see the lingo of kingdom of God in the Old Testament as much. It, maybe it was more Christ coming. He preached the, proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom of God as, as it says that in the New Testament. But I think, yeah, maybe it is through the the nation of Israel, God's people, mm-hmm. um, that, that branch that we're grafted into as believers in Christ, Gentile believers. Well, we, we, we have two parallel ri- lines running right next to each other here. So mm-hmm. you have the historic referent of the nation of Israel. Yep. And God, by his grace, chose this physical people to preserve the line of his promise in the Savior. So, mm-hmm. you know, the line of David and all of that. And, and it, it lends itself to a very necessary, tangible interpretation to our faith, that it's real, it's physical, it's not you know, abstract. And so that's where we, we can really step back and appreciate historical, the people, the nation, the kingdom of Israel. At the same time, spiritually speaking in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel is always pointing us to belief in the gospel. So that when we're talking spiritually about Israel, we're not talking about genetics and we're not talking about dirt in the mm-hmm. Middle East. Yeah. We're talking only about those who ever had faith in the promised Messiah. The same kind of faith like Abraham. Yeah. that's mm-hmm. Abraham is our father, not because we have the right genes, but because we have the faith that he had when it was counted to him or credited to him as righteousness. And so, you know, in modern theology and in, in our philosophical wisdom, people call it replacement theology. No, 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 no. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. The church doesn't replace Israel. Right. The church is right. Israel because in the Old Testament, the people who were saved, the people mm-hmm. who were granted eternity are the people who only and ever had faith in the promised Messiah. Right. Yep. And that goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15 and comes from there. And I think we, especially, you know, recent Christians have done a terrible job of explaining just how much people in the Old Testament really knew about the coming Messiah. Mm, mm-hmm. I agree with that. I, I agree with that fully. Yeah, and even in this passage here in Jeremiah 31, it's speaking about a new covenant. You know, for, so from their perspective, they're looking forward to 
uh, what God was going to do in the future. Well, and he, in God with the covenant language and, and you know, this, this is covenant language is usually the realm of the reformed mm-hmm. of the Calvinists. But here God has a vested interest to be having the people take their eyes off Sinai, mm-hmm. you know, which isn't bad, but it's doing something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we're, at faith at my congregation we're we're studying through Hebrews and we're on the last part of Hebrews 12 which is comparing mm-hmm. Sinai to Mount Zion those are mm-hmm. the two predominant mountains in scripture mm-hmm. and yeah. you know Hebrews 12 says we haven't come to this tangible mountain but we can't touch it and there's fear and trembling and earthquake what we've come to is a place where we are face to face with God by the power of his son who died on the cross for our sins and we have confidence that our sins are forgiven mm-hmm. you know that's kind of the the culmination the the height the climax of the book of Hebrews is, is exactly what's going on here it's God is turning our attention away from the one mountain where there's nothing but sheer terror to the mountain where we're uh, not only uh, in the you know before God, but we're in the presence of God. And again, uh, the starting place for that is the congregation in the presence of God by promise, where two or three are gathered. There mm-hmm. He is in the midst of us, in the presence of the body and blood of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, in the sacrament. Uh, but that the, the congregation then is the picture of the eschatological reality of eternity, where we're in God's d- direct presence for all eternity. And again, physical presence. It's not you know, an ethereal spiritual truth that we're talking about here. It's new heaven, new earth, resurrected bodies. Amen to that. Looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. That's well, and, and that's the whole point of the Christian life is to have this eternal perspective that, mm-hmm. that, you know, cause I got to do it. I'm contractually obligated at this point. The, the reason why we can live our lives in our vocations is because the here and now doesn't matter. To us, mm-hmm. we have eternity. That's where our eyes are on. Mm-hmm. And so the here and now is just doing what God has been given to, has given us to do in the meantime, mm-hmm. you know, to love our neighbor. I'm already taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got that, that, you know, I won't have this blasted sinus infection <laughs> in the new heaven and the new earth <laughs> right, and, and no. things like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a trifle, but I mean, you think about how many people in our lives and that we come into contact yeah. on a day-to-day basis that are just suffering, mm-hmm. yep. you know, illness, you know, mental anxiety, mm-hmm. mental uh, disease, uh, you know, physical disease, persecution. I mean, I, the, the Christians in Baghdad mm-hmm. and in Syria have got to understand these eschatological promises yeah. so much more clearly than we do in right. America, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm going to get into my nice car and turn on the air conditioner because it's 71 degrees and just a little bit too warm for me and, mm-hmm. you know, go pick up dry cleaning or whatever. <laughs> you know, if I might not... Swing through Starbucks. Exactly. <laughs> if I might not make it home because I might step on a bomb or someone might snipe me, uh... That that reality takes on a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, puts a little bit more perspective onto the situation. Yeah, mm. and, and for those facing trials, the comforting thing to cling to by faith in a text like this is the idea that God calls you my people. Yeah, you are my child. You are. I, I have put my spirit in you. you. You see God's action in in a text like this, and I think that's what the kingdom of God is about, where His his, he's filling us with his his spirit, uh, creating faith in us, so that we are 
called his people, a chosen race, you know, thinking of the New Testament text. And again, that's kingdom of God language Mm -hmm. because that's baptism. Mm -hmm. They will be my people. Mm -hmm. That's the the name of God placed on it. And there again is the the life of the congregation. Mm -hmm. Have we said vocation yet? Yes, I did. did. Okay, yeah. Just just double checking. (laughs) I'll say vocation. National Commission on Vocation. (laughs) Right. uh, It's been met. (laughs) So talk about this writing the law on our hearts aspect of of this verse. How does that play out as New Testament, New Covenant Christians? Well, it's I'm good. looking at the timer yeah. and we've got six minutes left. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah. <laughs> Can you do that thing where you like have that software that takes out every short space in oh, between right. my words, you know, like they do for disclaimers well, on commercials? we could ask the people, oh no, that, that wouldn't help to, to do it, set it to one and, and a half time speed. So there, there's, a, <laughs> there's a double way to understand this from mm-hmm. my perspective. The first way is we're talking third function of the law mm-hmm. and where we are put into a position of, of love with uh, the law, that it is guiding us to God's will, that it is, uh, you know, it's written on our hearts. It's we're delighting in doing the law, which isn't the default position of an unbeliever. The Romans 722, for I, in my heart I delight to do yeah but in my body I, I, yeah I, I, right yeah, Romans I'm 7 a <laughs> wretched man that I am yeah then the, then the, then the gospel promise therefore there's no, mm-hmm. no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus which is why we can be boom yeah. <laughs> we can be in that position but again this is also referring to an eschatological reality mm-hmm. where the law of God will be carried out perfectly by us in heaven or in eternity and apologies to my profs who have been tell me to stop calling eternity heaven because there's a new heaven and a new earth and we'll have physical bodies, but to the point where we won't even need the law because it will be done perfectly without sin, without without, any vitriol or poison or anything like Hmm. that. So So this isn't an excuse to say, oh, I don't need to teach anybody about the word of God. You know, it's just going to be done by itself. It's all kind of by osmosis. I don't, I don't have any responsibility to the great commission or to love my neighbors myself. Is that what this is saying? As long as there is sin in the world, the word of God (laughs) needs to be preached, proclaimed. Amen. Yes. Amen. And so I think a lot of people see that and they're like, well, you know, how does that work with the Great Commission? How do, how do I read this and how do I, I apply this in light of what Christ has accomplished? And how do I see this in light of Christ? And, and we see it in that God is at work and he's at work through the proclaiming of the gospel and the sacraments. But there's also that aspect that God reveals himself in a general way, but also in a special way. Special, of course, being the Bible general and the glory of God is revealed in his creation. Mm-hmm. And Romans reminds us that we are without excuse because of the great design of the great designer, capital D, the triune God of creation. And so I think it all kind of works together, but I I think that it certainly doesn't remove Mm -hmm. um, our our wonderful privilege to be a part of God's kingdom in proclaiming the saving gospel of Christ by applying the gospel in our vocation, uh, in our service uh, as congregation members, and also as dads, moms, grandpas, grandmas, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And even with that, we would, we would want to tread carefully here, but also acknowledge that, Part of that process is also applying the law because we, the law is what serves the gospel to drive us to God for mercy in mm-hmm, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Amen. And so 
you know, this isn't the type of gospel ministry that excuses or ignores or tolerates sin. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, uh, to, to quote Luther from the Heidelberg Catechism, this mm-hmm. is the type of ministry that calls a thing what it is. Mm-hmm. But when we call a thing what it is, when we call a sin sin, when we name it, we are always applying that salve, that balm of yeah, the gospel yeah. that heals. And so it, it, we're, we're not vindictive. We're not Westboro Baptists, you know, preaching Oof. condemnation. We're preaching judgment, yes, but we're preaching salvation in Jesus Christ as the antidote to the consequences of our sin. Yeah, so yeah. That, that, you know, the, the fear that the law induces is calmed by the, the comfort of the gospel. Amen. Mm. Cool. Man, I'm telling you, even as a pastor, uh, hearing absolution um, and hearing that gospel, hearing Romans 8, 1, hearing when the sun sets you free, hearing that over and over and over again, I don't ever get tired no. of that. And I, I, I sometimes tell people I'm a gospel fiend. Oh, my okay. word. It's just <laughs> such a, a, a relief and it's such yeah. a comfort and a joy. And, and I think that the more that you understand the aspect of freedom in Christ Jesus and their relationship to the law as far as God uh, using it to teach us and to gently correct us uh, in the freedom of Christ Jesus, I think we begin to really embrace that process and we actually long for it because we know it's love. You know, God disciplines those whom he loves and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And and I think it's just another way to just really see the extravagant love mm-hmm. of Christ. Well, the miracle and all that, well, you brought up an interesting topic here about, you know, you never get sick of hearing the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that should be the truth no matter what. But at the same time, we can fall in the trap of making the gospel rote. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like ending every sermon mm-hmm. with, oh, and by the way, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. But you look at the wealth and the richness and the depth of the imagery that the gospel is communicated in mm-hmm. scripture. And we shouldn't get tired of it because of all of the different ways and all of the different angles and all of the different terms mm-hmm. and, and, and vocabulary that is used to convey the simple truth that Jesus died in our place for our sins. Mm-hmm. And it's remarkable. Yep. Yep. It is. That's, that's kingdom of God stuff. That's Boom. what the congregation's called to do. That's what we as pastors are required to do. Yeah. Awesome. Amen. Well, Brian, do you have a verse to wrap us up here? No. No. Just kidding. What? I do. <laughs> last Just wanted ep- to see your reaction. The last episode of the podcast is the whole thing goes down <laughs> in flames. After exactly. I said, oh, you always no, have No, I, I actually found it earlier when you guys were talking about Abraham. And so here we go. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, beginning in verse 26. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you... As we're baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week when Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself wrap up our discussion on the second petition of the Lord's Prayer. God bless you and have a great week.